0: Thank you. what's up everybody what's going on i am late it's like 1 30 in the afternoon what's going on the trail man i <laughs> see you're here already uh does it matter people need to smash the like button since uh, they're turned off i mean i just don't you can, you can smash the like button if you want to it just doesn't show people whatever you know what i mean only because um yeah there are some um, mischievous activities going on. What's up, Oscar? What's going on? Ooh, man! I don't know what it is. You know, just personal note. I've been real dizzy like yesterday and today. I don't know why. It almost feels like vertigo, but it, I know it's not vertigo. Um, so yeah, yeah. I still recommend my stream if you if you hit the thumbs up. It just doesn't show viewers what the ratio is hey metal man 555 So tito uh, do you play stadia games on your pixel 5 with the stadia controller i don't i never bought the stadia the stadia controller um i do use uh a switch pro controller with it so i could um but yeah oh yeah yeah no problem man it was always fun hanging out with you and Mike. <laughs> so smash, smash the like button. Yeah. Um. Oh, as the title implies, man, I'm gonna be talking about the Pixel Five. Just you know where it's at. Pretty much close to. I'm um, five months for me having it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so We're gonna do just like a live update. Never got the laptop, but we'll see you today. I'll. Head, oh, you're gonna go to Verizon today and get it. Cool. Which one are you getting? Gotta make a few runs. Uh, Ah, see, I see. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, I'm gonna try to make it through this live stream. I like feel really dizzy. That's it. it's not Virgo. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I don't. Know. I'll, I'll hopefully, as soon, as soon as it comes out, um, I'm already starting to put money aside right now for it. So by the time October rolls, then uh, yeah, I should have enough to to buy the Pixel Six. That depends too, because like if Carlos ends up getting a couple of Pixel Sixes, I might just buy one off of him. You're excited for the GS101 chip? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty interested in in seeing how how that functions. I'm real curious to know what kind of modem they're going to (laughs) use. I'm still not on Team Pixel. Yeah, it's all right, though. I haven't given it a second thought. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I don't know. I'm I i do not know what's going on with me. I really don't. Like it not so much the dizziness, it feels more like you know when you get really lightheaded, that's what it feels like. So, like sometimes when I move, it just feels like it's like a haze. And I just feel weird. So I don't know. Um, I'm watching myself right now if I don't feel better by this evening I'll just probably end up going to the hospital just to have them check me out see what's up like I check my heart rate to see if anything's uh if anything's different Welcome to the new Google Fit on the watch Yes <laughs> Check my phone. Okay. I don't know why I gotta do all this setup again. Wait, like, what? do I gotta set all this up again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got all these notifications. So weird. Okay. All right, let's do, let's find out. We'll skip that for now. Trying to get it to like, to connect go oh. okay okay well actually it looks it looks better here on uh oh wants me to relax <laughs> i'm testing this feature out now This exercise takes two minutes. It works better if you sit still. Well, I'm sitting still right now. This is weird. Inhale. And this is like a relaxing exercise. I don't think it really does anything. But I wanted to check my heart rate. that's what I want it to do. That's today, settings. Activate fit on the phone, it did. I already done that, what the heck's talking about? Hmm. This doesn't really help out. It's funny though, because um, with uh, there we go. Check my heart rate. Okay. It's checking my heart rate right now. There we go. What kind? Uh, what kind of watch is it? It's a Moto 360. All right, Oscar, take it easy, man. 105 is my heart rate right now. Okay, uh, let's see. We got, plat- got past the pleasantries and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, man. Okay, so um, I've basically have had the Pixel 5 for since November. So it's been about five months, just about. Um, thanks to Carlos. I got it uh, like a month after it came out. You know, he had like a bunch of them. He gifted one to me. So, you know, real big shout out to Carlos for gifting me the pixel five and i'm gonna take my time through this live stream to kind of just give about as much as i can about the pixel five normally like i usually like shoot like review videos about the pixel five and then the thing that sucks about it is like when i'm done and i've uploaded the video then i all of a sudden something hits me in the head that i should have talked about that i completely didn't so i'm gonna try to give about as much as i can uh today um so first of all let's get the obvious out of the way The Snapdragon 765G. How do I feel about this chip? That seems to be like the question that a lot of people ask about the Pixel 5 when they ask questions about the Pixel 5 is, how's the 765G processor? How's the processor on it? How's the processor on it? And I'm going to say that, you know what? I don't feel like, you know, to say that it feels any different from my Pixel 4, which is actually running an 800 series chip from Qualcomm, it doesn't, there's no drastic difference. Like, I don't see one being, you know, super fast compared to the other. They feel about on par, you know? And I think this one has what, the 855? Or the... I think it's the 855 or the 850. Forgot. Let's look at it real quick. But, um, yeah, I definitely don't, uh, don't feel like a drastic difference between the Pixel 4 and the uh, the Pixel 5. Uh, one would think so, because of course the 800 series chip and the 700 series chip makes, you know, by number, it, it makes a difference. But um, for software optimization, no. I don't feel like a huge difference. I mean, speed wise, you know, it continues to, um, to perform pretty fast. Yeah, Snapdragon 855 on the Pixel 4. Right, you would think, you would think that the um, the system on chip that's in here would show signs of it being uh, basically like a mid ranger. But I, you know, I have a I have a theory on this. Okay, like I know a lot of people scream, it's got to have a Snapdragon 800 series chip. It's got to have a Snapdragon 800 series chip. It's got to have a flagship chip. It's got to have a flagship chip. But. Um, Does Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all those, do they really require you to have such a beastly powerful chip in order for them to function? Because the only time that I've ever really seen a processor actually get put through its paces is when you're doing like some real heavy stuff on your phone or extreme heavy gaming. That'd be like the only time. But I'm sure that not everybody that has questions about the Pixel 5 or looks into the Pixel 5 is gaming all the time. There's actually some people that don't even do. They they hardly even use the phone to an eighth of its of, of, of what it, it's able is capable to do. Um. It hasn't slowed down on on me yet. Yeah, it hasn't slowed down either. I mean, of course, with, with with each update, it tends to get better and better. But there really wasn't much that was really buggy about it to begin with. The only issue that I've ever had has to do with the camera, and I'll get into that when I start talking about the camera. But as far as as the the snap the Snapdragon 765G, it's it's not something that you're gonna you're gonna pick up the phone and be like, oh my gosh, this is super slow. Um, like I said, I'd, compared to my Pixel Four, there's not a difference in what it can do from doing the everyday things to doing Twitter to doing Instagram to watching YouTube videos. There's not anything that, you know, would which separate it and make it a drastic difference, and that's just because Android is optimized very well on the Pixels, and uh, that will show with the Pixel Five. To anybody out there who's super curious, because the only reason why that they downplayed the Pixel Five was because it had a 700 series chip. I challenge you to pick to pick up a Pixel Five and use it, and. You will be shocked. You will be shocked. You know, it's it's like um one than the LG Velvet. I think mean, it has the 765G. Uh one person was saying that the 765G chip was horrible because on the LG Velvet, you know, it was pretty buggy. I haven't experienced that on my Pixel 5, and that's the same processing chip too. So really software optimization plays a big part, which is what I've been always been kind of advocating for the longer the longest time. Is that the hardware number part doesn't really make the experience, the user experience itself, the software. Yeah, you know, I've always told people this that you know software counts for most of the user experience over the hardware. The hardware plays a key to it to an extent, but it doesn't go further beyond that. But the software does, and the optimization with Android on the Pixel Five is, is top notch, solid. So even though it's not an 800 series chip. It feels flagship esque, if I'm going to put it in that term. Yeah, I think people want the flagship processors for the sake of that they know it'll last longer than midrangers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the way that the, the, the way that the the uh, the tech space moves with consumers, um, that would be a very good argumentative point first time out there, if there were people out there who were just literally upgrading two or three years or five years, you know what I mean? Um, When it comes on the Android side of things, because new things is always introduced, new features is always brought out, that people tend to upgrade every year. So, the worries of a chip not being uh, uh, supported for for the long haul, um, I mean... <laughs> when you're upgrading every year, what does it matter? And even then, too, um, 800 series chip seems to—they they seem to show their age at, at around a year. So even then, like the 800 series chip, to be honest with people, doesn't really go that far. I mean, you can continue to use it, and um, feature compatibility and the longevity of it is there, but it tends to show its ugly side about a year. So. I ain't all that interested in yearly upgrades no more. Uh, some people grow out of it, you know what I mean. Um, but then again, uh, you know, with the seven, with the the seven sixty five G, I do think that you know, with the Pixel five, if I didn't buy the Pixel six, I'd be okay. I'd be all right. I feel like that the five will still carry me on through, or carry me on through until it's its last breath. I mean. That's one of the things of Pixel that kind of shocks me is that even even as, as they become older and older, they still work great. I mean, the Pixel 2 XL I have, I, I turned it on the other day and connected it to the Wi-Fi in the house and just played around with it. And it, it's it's as solid as my Pixel 5 as far as the user experience, as far as um, the uh, responsiveness to commands given to it, you know, by the touch. Right? It's, it's still, it still flies. It's butter. But so with that being said, as far as performance, don't always judge a book by its cover. Just because it's a 700 series chip doesn't mean that you're going to be throwing the phone against the wall out of anger. This phone flies. The Pixel 5 flies. Okay. Still great. Still great. Um, and there are people who still openly discuss how shocked they are that, you know, what they expected the phone to perform at actually performs better than their expectations built a 700 series chip inside this phone so that's the first thing i'm going to get out of the way um let's kind of talk about cameras because obviously pixels is, is basically that's what the pixels are done for is the cameras camera quality picture quality and um hands down bar none best in my opinion best for taking still photography still does great the only issue i ran into with the pixel fives that i've said it in many of my reviews is the calibration um, when you're trying to level your shot. So obviously the camera now has a little sensor that will tell you if your photo is kind of like offset, if it's like one degree more leaning to the left or one degree more leaning to the right. And um, when you're trying to level your shot, I did notice that it's not calibrated right. It is slightly off. So when I am holding the phone to take a photo, I actually do kind of go one degree to the left just for it to balance at zero so that kind of pretty much told me that the calibration on the camera sensors is off however i don't rely on that so even if i'm holding it and it tells me that's one degree to the right well to me that's leveled since the calibration is off but that's pretty much it as far as like the negativity i can give about the camera um Other than that, taking photos is actually just... It's pretty good. Now, people always tend to wonder, how are people posting on Instagram with the hashtag TeamPixel and getting all these great dramatic shots? Uh, I'll tell you about 50% of those shots is done from DSLRs. And people are just putting a hashtag just to get the view count through it. Uh, Some of the ones that are more than likely taken from, from the Pixel 5... When they hashtag, you know, Pixel 5 in their Instagram post or whatever, but how they achieve those immaculate shots, you know, you taking photos is an art, right? Photography is an art. You know, at, at the end of the day, um, it ain't off for my Pixel 5. Well, that's great. I'm glad not everybody's affected by it. Hey, that OnePlus guys here pixel five or OnePlus plus nine pro I'm leaning on the pixel. There are some issues that I'm hearing about the OnePlus plus nine pro that, you know, I mean, it's kind of a bummer, but, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I uh, mean, I'm always going to go with, with pixel five when it comes to photography. Um, But yeah, how people achieve those shots. And since you're here, uh, Rishi, you can actually probably validate this. But like when people post shots on Instagram and they have those really immaculate photos taken from a Pixel 5, and people are wondering, like when I take a picture, it doesn't look nothing like that. Why is that? Well, I mean, photography is an art. Photography takes skill. You know, one of the things you got to have with photography, you got to have patience, you got to have an imagination. And the hardest part of that imagination is wielding that imagination into reality. But what you're looking at with your own bare eyes, what you might envision your photo to look like, you're now gonna have to try and capture that moment, right? Um, patience and a steady hand. you know there's there's all kinds of videos and, and, and articles that talk about like how people can um, can achieve you know like like a very steady shot you know different tips and tricks like how you should hold your phone um, when you like when I read, actually explained that when you're taking the photo. So like a, you know, for one, you know, you kinda want these two fingers here at the edge. You want this one more like bracing the phone itself. And your thumb is free to to hit the shutter button. And when you're taking the shot, exhale to slow your body movement. So you're not getting a very jittery shot. And you know it it's worked out. I tried it. It works out for me. Um but yeah you you got you can't just go be like, "Oh yeah, this is the Pixel 5, it's going to make the best picture ever." Click, and that's it, you know, or like click, 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 click. Like you're going to get mediocre shots that way. If you're trying to get like these really, really immaculate shots, you're going to have to slow your roll, be patient, and, and go for that moment. Smartphone photography requires skill. You're right. Pixel is crazy easy though. For OnePlus, you got to use pro mode. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of people talking about that. You got to use promo. There's also like the, uh, what was it? I forgot who did the comparison between the OnePlus 9 and OnePlus 9 Pro. They were talking about the HDR issue or something like that. Um, But that's for another video another time. Uh, But yeah, you you know, point point and shoot. I mean, you got to give it up to the pixel. It really kind of shows like how strong it is. If you could just point and shoot and still get a pretty decent shot, you know compared to like some devices out there where you, you know, you can point and shoot and like subject will kind of be in focus, but then certain things will just kind of be like really blurred or, or you know, one area of the photo will be kind of blurred just because of the the, the focus going in and out, um, th- those types of things. So with the Google pixel it uses AI to correct a lot of imperfections, right? So when you snap that photo, you know, it, it's, it's got to process that photo because it's gonna, you know, it takes multiple shots and kind of just uses AI to correct the imperfections, balance out things and stuff like that. But of course, obviously, if you have a subscription to, to Google One, for the Google One membership, you have access to basically edit your photos, you know? So you can also fix a lot of those issues. Or if you're wanting to like, like say like the way that this viewfinder looks and how it's showing me, this, uh, this side right here is darker, right? But I can actually lighten this side up and AI would fix that with lighting naturally using uh AI intelligence to correct and light the area up without it making look like you know making it look like a genuine light like a natural light not something that's uh you know um unnatural and um so with pixel fives just in pixels in general but pixel five definitely you can achieve some really amazing shots with it you know you just you gotta you gotta have an imagination you gotta let your imagination roll. You know, you gotta roll the dice you got to try to capture that moment, but even in the, just for like a simple point and shoot type scenario, you'll still get some some decent shots. I went to the Grand Canyon and took some photos out there, and it came out pretty great. Um, one thing I will say with the Pixel Five is that Google did actually listen to its consumers. That as as much as it's you know people will say it's king of still photography, they also wanted something given with video, and so the new video options that that come with the Pixel Five um are a great touch i have to say um i didn't get to play around with them too much but i think i'm going to do that this weekend uh is really kind of play around with a lot of those video options um and put together a video to kind of really show what the pixel 5 can do in video but i mean i've, I've used the pixel 5 to shoot video vlogs and they came out okay uh, people didn't complain about the uh the video quality or anything like that so i got to give it to them um now, only imagine if Google stepped away from the Sony IMX363 sensor and went up to a higher sensor with Sony, with the Pixel Five. Just imagine what kind of photos you would have gotten then. But that's happening in the Pixel Six. We're getting new camera sensors finally with the with the Pixel Six. So not only do we get like a, uh, the GS101 chip, but we also get new camera sensors. I'm kind of excited for that. Um, but yeah, the video is actually pretty good. So kind of roll it into the audio side of things the audio i'm gonna say that the pixel 5 kind of lacks i was kind of slightly disappointed with the audio uh n- not not that it's horrible it doesn't sound like a squawk box you know it's not it's not, not not anything like that um of course with the, with the latest uh, updates phone calls have actually been pretty good on it um i can hear the callers pretty well through the display glass itself but yeah, um, I guess the reason why that sounds a little bit disappointed is because the audio quality of my Pixel 4 sounds better. It sounds better than the Pixel 5. And to be quite honest, the Pixel 4a sounds a bit more crispier than the Pixel 5. And I'm thinking it because it has to do with the speaker being underneath the display on the Pixel 5. I'm not sure why they didn't just open up a small slit at the top up here for you know the the speaker slash you know a call receiver um why didn't it just do that burying it under the display kind of like really helps because really you're only really depending on one speaker driver to kind of really fulfill that surround sound and that's the bottom firing speaker the top one i mean i've tried it I've covered this while playing a youtube video this is not loud The speaker underneath the display here is not loud at all. So you got a speaker under the display that's slightly muffled. You got a bottom firing driver that's loud. That makes for a bad sound experience. Whereas, you know, on the pick before, you got a top firing driver up here and a bottom firing driver down here. The audio quality seems pretty good. I covered this. The bass is kind of you know muffled, but like the mids is kicking, you know, like a mid-tweeter combination it's kicking out of that top that top speaker. I let that go and the bass hits out. When I'm holding the phone cupped in my hand here, it kind of shoots the audio at me. But the Pixel 4's audio is pretty good. I still say I like the audio from the Pixel 4 over the Pixel 5. The Pixel 5, it's slightly loud, not as loud as I would want it to be, but it's still loud. You can still hear things out of it, and especially in noisy environments, you still can. Just that top speaker. That wasn't a good move for them to put it under the display, and you still got a little bit of a, like a very skinny bezel up here. They could have easily just cut into that bezel and placed the the top top firing speaker up there. I'd have been totally okay with that, you know, because at least the sound would have been a lot louder. That's what sets the audio off on the Pixel Five. It's just you got a very loud bottom firing driver down here and a buried speaker on the top up there that's muffled so but i mean call quality has changed um when this first came out i don't know why it was this way but basically the the opening to to my ear canal would have to be placed right around here like close to the middle to hear somebody on the phone call really clear and loud the higher up that i went they kind of sounded distant it's not like that anymore. So I'm pretty sure with the, um, I, don't, I don't remember if it was the last software update or the update before that. So either March or February, one of those two updates had fixed that issue. So placing my ear where you would normally place your ear on a phone call, the call, I can hear people on it, solid. Um, so I'm glad that that's fixed. Like I said, pixels, pixels get better over time. So why not? All right, so that's audio. That's what I got to say about audio up until this point. Um, the body design doesn't really bother me. Some people were talking about that, you know, there's like a split in the middle right here. And I don't know why people are complaining about it because I'm not, it's the, the paint hasn't rubbed off. I haven't scuffed it. I don't feel it. I don't care if there is an opening right here. Obviously this phone reverse charges, which I finally got to play around with. And I thought was really cool it was really awesome so what initially happened was i'm gonna grab my pixel buds so um i was actually listening to music and i whipped out you know the old pixel buds the buds and the egg and i had forgot to charge it it had been like i think like two or three months since i charged it because i didn't even use it for a while and i needed to charge them back up and then i was like dang you know i didn't have a type c charger or nothing like that with me and i was like wait a minute. My Pixel 5 reverse charges, so I turned on battery share, plopped the sucker on the back of it, and just let it sit, and it charged. And I was like, hey, that comes in handy. That definitely comes in handy. Uh, the Pixel 4 XL was the best uh, Pixel for sound, for sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, Pixel does get better over time. I can't say the same for OnePlus. Um, I don't know, because uh, eventually, I mean... I I don't have the OnePlus Nord N10 5G. Uh, my lady does, but um, so far she hasn't had like she's very picky about you know the way the phone responds, the the way that the uh, user experience is, and she hasn't complained to me about the Nord N10 5G. So I don't know that uh, review that I'm slowly working on because I'm actually getting a lot of the information from her since I'm not using the phone. Um, that's going to be an interesting review, definitely. Um, But, yeah, battery share, a really nice feature to add into here. Um, It still maintains, obviously, the IP certification for water and dust resistance, so that's actually pretty nice. I still wouldn't take this in in ocean water, so if I ever went to go see family in Hawaii, I am not taking this in the water because I don't want this to crap out on me. Um, Let's talk about 5G with this, okay? Because... Uh, when this phone was announced and everything like that, a couple of my friends decided to downplay and trash it uh, because they're they're very they're very uh, (laughs) smartphone enthusiasts, man. They're really on it. Anyways. But one of the things that they were very upset about was that because I had the 765G chip, it was going to have the Snapdragon X52 modem. And they were like, with the X52 modem, it's not going to pick up you know specific bands um that are crucial with the 5g development and also it was going to be slow now i kind of understand that but at the time everyone was focused on the snapdragon x60 modem which hadn't even come out yet and uh what well, the the iphone 12s they have the uh, snapdragon x55 modem so the x62 modem on here if anyone wants to know like what's their top out speeds for download their top out speeds is uh, three point one gigabits per second. That's like the highest speeds you're gonna get with the Pixel Five connected to a five G network with at least a, a very very decent five G connectivity. You're, you're gonna you're gonna top out at three point one gigabits per second. That's what the modem can handle. The uplink one point five gigabits per second. Now again, I'm probably speaking fast the way that I speak, so I'm gonna slow it down. Three point one gigabits per second on the downlink 1.5 gigabits per second on the uplink that's gigabits not megabits so to me i mean for somebody like here in, in the city of phoenix that i live in the density for for network connectivity out here is it's pretty bad um i mean there's like one spot that i know of that i can get consistent over 500 megabits per second on metro by t-mobile and that is um the cross sections of bethany home and 19th avenue um, assuming that n41 is existent in the tower nearby there to get those kind of speeds about four to five hundred megabits per second download and then about like 70 to 80 to at max 100 megabits per second on the upload but everywhere else I'm getting basic what LTE pitches, which is just, you know, um, like uh, 140 megabits per second, sometimes 80, sometimes 60 on the downlink, uh, roughly about 50 to 60 on the uplink. With visible wireless, certain areas where I'm actually connected to true 5G on visible, I can pull about the 200, which is what visible caps you at anyways. Uh, the uplink is super strong on visible, so no problems out there. Probably good for live streaming. Um, so with my Pixel 5, I'm not getting anywhere near what the X52 bottom cap is, downlink and uplink. I'm not too worried about it. I mean, of course, as 5G continues to grow, as you know, uh, more of the technology is built out, right like the you know the the upcoming c-band that is um said to come out that everyone's excited for that's following you know the network and everything like that um by the time then the pixel 6 will probably be in my hand and that will have a more updated modem now i'm still curious to know what the gs101 uh is using as a modem and i want to know uh, besides also seeing how well uh, Google's chip performs, whether it performs good or performs bad. That's something that I, I, I will see with the Pixel 6. Fingers crossed that I'll have enough saved by the time that it releases, I'll be able to pre-order it. But if not, maybe about a month or two after release, I, I should have it. Uh, whew, let's see, gaming. Uh, gaming on a Pixel 5 is actually actually decent. Even though it's a 700 series chip, you know, the 765G, Gaming on here is pretty solid. Now, everyone knows that I game on Google Stadia. That That's where I play games at. If I'm not on Stadia, I'm on my Nintendo Switch playing Streets of Rage 4. If Streets of Rage 4 ever got ported over to Android, it's over. Don't deal. I'll be playing on this phone a lot because I'm heavily addicted to that game. Um, that game is, like, hella fun. If you've never played Streets of Rage 4, get it and try it. You can get it on Switch. You can get it on Xbox, uh, PlayStation. You can get it on Steam. Yeah. And it's fun to play. But um, I've noticed this, though. Certain heavy games, you'll start to see some jank. I swear to you guys, you guys will. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's got to be really, really, really graphic intense. And you've got to be doing a lot with the phone. Uh, basic, you know, games, like if I play games on Stadia, like um, like Dead by Daylight, it handles very well. Um, depending on my network connection, they handle it handles very well. But as far as performance, uh, how the GPU performs, how the display looks, how the animations in the game function, there's not a lot of jank. I'm not seeing dramatic frame drops or anything like that. So that's a good thing. Uh audio, okay, that's gonna go back to what I said earlier about audio itself. So I think the only plus side to it is that if you're holding it and you're gaming. At least you're not covering a top speaker because that's already covered by the display. But uh, yeah, I can com- I compare my uh, my Switch Pro controller to it. I can pair a PS4 controller to it. Play games is just fine, solid. You know, it, it it does it it just does it. Light games, of course, is going to be phenomenally good because if it's, it's not it's not very it's not demanding on the chip, it's not demanding on the GPU, it's not demanding on the RAM. So that's totally fine but even some of the most uh, heavy games I can't remember what games I was playing that was pretty heavy I know it was first person shooter games and I played I tried playing PUBG on here Um, I think Call of Duty gotta remember I'll look at my download history later but um, it's not bogged down so I'll tell people that right now. It doesn't get bogged down. And what I mean by that is I don't know if you I'll describe the the what happens. So if like, you ever you ever like play like a very intensive game where you start playing it, like everything is smooth, but like after about like half an hour into playing the game, you start noticing that the animations start to become glitchy, kind of like this. You know, like your hand will just kind of like move like that, like the, the, the characters animations, you know what I mean? And um, massive massive frame drop starts happening, you know those types of things that could annoy people starts to happen uh i haven't experienced that with the pixel 5 so uh, unless somebody knows like a very very intensive game hit me in the comments let me know what that game is and i will try it out and i will screen record which is another thing too about gaming so i play pokemon go and play other games too and i do like to screen record gameplay to upload to the channel because you know i'm sometimes i play games and i do gameplay on the channel and live stream gameplay and stuff like that so um just for that you know while you're screen recording uh you would think that because it's it's, it's running a um like 10 to two heavy commands that it would bog down the phone and it actually does not bog down the phone even when you're screen recording so that's a very good thing. So if you want to get some some, you know, some recorded gameplay, you're good to go with the Pixel 5. So that's actually nice. Uh, let's see here. Going back to photography, one of the cool things about the Pixel 5 is the fact that it's still going to get the unlimited high-res backup. So, um even if I get the Pixel 6, and the cameras is actually pretty solid on that. More than likely, I would just share those photos to my Pixel 5, either by direct Wi-Fi transfer or just uh, uploading it to Google Drive, downloading a copy of it onto the Pixel 5, and then letting Google Photos back that photo up, which will count as free. I know it's very unorthodox to do it that way. It, it, it seems pretty crazy to do it like that. But... Um, yeah, I mean, Google and their weird, quirky decisions not going to allow the phone itself, um, the Pixel 6 or the Pixel 5a, to have that unlimited backup resolution, high-resolution uh, high, high res- resolution backup. I think it's stupid that they're doing that. But yeah, so uh, my Pixel 5, my Pixel 4, both, um, I can actually use them just for cameras down the road. I mean, that's how good the photography on them are. Even if they have the same exact uh, camera sensors in the back, um, still, they still take very good photos. So even then, I can use them for vlogging cameras and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty dope to be able to do that. Um, just just in all the Pixel Five. Like to be honest with people, I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect phone. I'm aware of that, um, but I don't feel like that the shortcuts Google made were that. Uh, that impactful if that makes sense that you know it, it, it would totally like anyone who followed the google pixels since day one since since the pixel one would stand here and say oh yeah this definitely doesn't have the pixel signature on it because it doesn't feel like a pixel you know i have not heard one person they may have pointed out some small um things about it like I, i'd say it's small because it doesn't directly impact the user experience to deter away from me from a lot of pixel fans who have openly said i'm a fan of the google pixels not one of them have said that this does not feel like a genuine google pixel phone they all may have said they're not happy that i have a 765g but that's because on paper you're looking at a 700 series chip longevity support is different on the 700 series chip than it is on an 800 series chip but Not one one person that has given any negative complaint about the Pixel 5 has said that it doesn't feel like a Google Pixel. And that's because Google optimized Android on it so well that even having um, what some would say a mediocre chip, it still flies like butter. And I would expect Google to be able to do something like this because, hello, Android Go, if you guys forget what that program was all about, that built a very light version of Android to run on phones that had a weak processor, that had maybe at minimum one uh, what was it? Um, it was like two gigs or one gig of internal storage and five hundred twelve megabytes of RAM at least minimum. So you're talking about some very, very, some very low end spec devices in and Android Go which is an operating system, a light version of the current version of Android. So like Android Go 11 uh, is out there. And that makes the phone run, um, not like a flagship, but you're not going to have that crazy feeling that you got when you got that free phone from Cricket that pissed you off and made you run towards iOS. You're not going to have that kind of experience. Um, So Android should know what it's doing as far as software optimization for the pixel phones. And yeah, the, the stock pixel experience is just top notch. Um, of course the downsides to it is also that there is no headphone jack like the pixel 4a. So wireless connections is pretty much it. Or if you have your dongle that you got with, I think your pixel four or pixel three, if you have that dongle, you can plug that into the Type-C port back here. Um, oh, yeah, battery. How was I going to go and switch off to the next thing without talking about battery? I'll say this again. Like I say it all the time, the battery is phenomenal in it. I am thoroughly happy that Google went with a bigger battery on this compared to what they put into this. Now, if they had put the same battery that they have in the Pixel 5 in the Pixel 4, not the 4 XL, but the Pixel 4, so if they put a 4,000 milliamp hour battery in the Pixel 4 and then a 5,000 in the 4XL, dude, this would have totally killed it when it dropped. This would be the phone of the year of the year it came out. But, um, nah, they went with a 2,800 milliamp. Crazy. Um, so it was a great move for the big jeep company to put a solid battery in this thing. I'm telling you, I end the day. With this device, I end the day with about 15% now. I know it's gone down from last time when I was first using a Pixel 5. I was like, I was ending the day with 30%. But I've actually been doing more things with this. One, I have my smartwatch paired with it, right, via Bluetooth all the time now. Um, Also, I use a lot of wireless earbuds to listen to music and stuff like that from the Pixel 5. So I'm, like, doing more things on my Pixel 5. Also shooting video. I connected this microphone right here uh, with a Type-C adapter into the Pixel 5 to record video and get better audio quality. So I'm doing a lot more with the Pixel 5 Uh, photo editing, photo editing, because I have photos that I took way back in like 2012, 2013, and we didn't have the whole bokeh effect, uh, you know, portrait mode, the foreground focused, blurred background type shots. But because with Google Photos editing, since I am a Google One member, I'm able to add that bokeh effect to old photos, you know, using the editing um, uh, options in uh, Google Photos and edit those photos out and just kind of fix them up. So that's also one of the benefits with Google Photos is the ability to edit old photos and uh, give them today's um, features and quirks and stuff like that. you hope know, T-Mobile does something special with Team Pixel yeah with that joint venture between um, between Google and uh, T-Mobile that's going to be something pretty cool there that, that, that could be could be hell uh, right around the time that the Pixel 6 drops um, T-Mobile Tuesday can have this thing where you know you can enter a raffle to win you can win some crazy prizes but the grand prize could be a Pixel 6 or a Pixel 6 XL that would be totally cool Yeah, so battery's phenomenal. The Pixel 5, solid phone. People are like, hey, I want to get one? I'd say go ahead and get one. As a matter of fact, Ray just got one, and I'm kind of like, he's lucky. He got his Pixel 5, I think, for like 250 bucks. That's crazy that he found a deal. Because I see people on OfferUp and stuff that have the Pixel 5. They may not like it, but they sure as hell are selling it for 600 bucks. <laughs> yeah, even till today, they're still trying to sell it for 600 bucks. Talk about resale on that one. Um i think with the with the pixel lineup they're getting to that point where they're gonna have that pretty solid ecosystem i mean they have laptops the pixel book which you know i i thoroughly enjoy using i am going to do a review on this thing that i'm recording with right now or actually live streaming with right now my pixel book go um but yeah very solid love 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 the laptops it's amazing and i'll tell you guys why in a review you know you got pixel buds you got pixel phones really what they they need to work right now is a solid tablet solid tablet um you know pixel tab would be pretty nice um yeah and then they need a watch Now, I know a lot of people don't really use smartwatches. Smartwatches is another thing that people crave for. You see it more popular on iOS side with the Apple Watch. Uh, But people that use Android aren't too concerned with it. They're not too concerned with getting notifications on their wrists or, you know, having, you know, just uh, don't space out on these deals. (laughs) Oh, T-Mobile Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I have a Spawn watch face. Spawn but um yeah how cool would it be to actually have a pixel watch me personally google since you know you, you did get fitbit and stuff like that if you're gonna make a smartwatch, don't make it as thick as the moto 360 original okay um the size i wouldn't complain about the size display but bring it down shrink <laughs> it down some uh that would be so totally cool uh, to have a pixel watch that was thin that wasn't so heavy on the wrist um It'd be great to have in the lineup along with the Pixel tab. Now I'm really seeing this kind of come through. Just, you know, Google needs to capitalize on it. They really need to capitalize on it and and make something out of it. Their phones they are getting better and better with. And even though some people will disagree with me on this statement, the direction that the Pixel 5 took last year when it released, to me, was a smart decision for Google going into what they're going into right now. Because I think that the end game was to get more pixels in more people's hands. And those people that may have heard about the Google Pixel may have rejected it because of its price of what it yielded before. Now, it wasn't a drastic drop in price going from 799 base model to 699 base model. But it still was somewhat of a drop. Um yeah, the Pixel 4a and the 4a 5G. So, you know, the Pixel 5 was still considered flagship in the realm of the Pixel phones, top notch you know, um, good features, right? And you have the Pixel 4a, which was like an entry-level Pixel for 2020. Um, But to make the 4a 5G stand out, obviously from the Pixel 4a, the 4a 5G had 5G connectivity, whether you got the sub-6 gigahertz connect um, version only, or if you bought the one that was millimeter wave and sub-6, depending, um, you were paying anywhere from uh 500 to 600 dollars right it was like 599 for the millimeter wave um version it was 499 just for the sub six version but the pixel 4a 5g brought a lot of things that the pixel 5 had like the dual cameras on the back um, the processor chip it just didn't have the same amount of ram as the 5 the 5 had uh two gigs more in ram than the pixel 4a 5g so i think the, the pixel 5 had like what eight eight gigs of ram and the 4a 5g had six But yeah, so it really blended both. Um, Polycarbonate body, bigger display than the 4A and the 5, Um, but no water resistance certification, 3.5 millimeter headphone jack on the top, same dual sensors on the back for uh, the the normal wide angle and then the the ultra wide angle. And then uh, the punch hole uh, selfie cam on the top Top sensor right there same speakers no reverse wireless charging so with that I mean there was something from everybody and Google really went after trying to put more pixels in people's hands so that way when a pixel 6 dropped with Google now switching up and using their own proprietary chip it would actually be pretty solid the GS101 is a chip that lots of people are now looking at closely. It could be make or break for Google and the Google Pixels. Hopefully it doesn't flop, fingers crossed. Michael El Morito. Uh, how's Google Fi working for you? I'm currently using it uh, with the iPhone. I feel like uh, they got to add more features. So currently Google Fi is not my carrier anymore. I actually left them out for a uh, switch over to Metro by T-Mobile. And that's only because of like certain circumstances that I was going through. Um, relying on Google Fi with a 22 gigabyte data throttle just didn't work for me. I mean, I burned 22 gigs in in 11 days and pretty much was like slowed down for the rest of the month. So I switched out to something that was going to give me a little bit more speed. For a lot longer time, and deprioritization to me, obviously, like I told people so many times, is a lot better than throttle because you're only slowed down for that moment. But once the congestion in the network is over, your speeds return back to normal. So, um, but if you're using Google Fi on the iPhone, of course, it's going to lack um, certain features. Now, if you want to be specific as to what types of features that you were kind of hoping you would get with Fi on your iPhone, let me know. But um, there are certain things that, you know, you're going to be able to do uh, on your smartphone with Google fly on an Android versus what I'll be able to do on iOS on an iPhone. And that's just basically that Apple does have a play in a hand in what they will allow it to do. So it's not just all blame Android type thing or blame Google type thing. You also have to look at Apple and what they will allow. But for the most part, um, of course, if you use an iPhone, you weren't going to have the the ability to smart switch between U.S. cellular and T-Mobile. Uh, that is something that's on the Android side. Uh, Android devices have the capability to do it. I'm sure Apple would be able to make that possible, um, but you know, in, in reality, they didn't. So that'd be about like it. I think um, also the fact that you get like VPN and all that types of stuff free with Google Fi on the Android side. I don't think you get it with uh, with iOS. Um, they're free uh, VPN to encrypt your your data connection. So, yeah. Hopefully, they just uh, they can make that happen. I mean, seriously. I would definitely suggest it to Google Fi. But as of right now, I'm not on Google Fi anymore. I uh, haven't been on Google Fi for three months. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Pretty much, I gave up my two-year Uh, upgrade thing that I had kind of regret that but I mean by the time I'd be able to upgrade we would be looking at the Pixel 6a or the Pixel 7 uh, because it it was every 24 months the only reason why I'm on FI uh, is because of the international unlimited data so I debate about switching to visible Um, what you could do I mean you can pull a visible line if you want to and use that as your main line. You can keep Google Fi, switch it to the to the to the flex. And if you're not even using it at all, you're paying a low bill of 20 bucks. Right? So if you go on Visible and you join somebody's party pay, your bill would be about 25 bucks. If you refer people, they'll they'll knock your bill down to five dollars for every referral that you get. So if you get 12 referrals, then for the next 12 months, you'd be only paying five bucks a month on visible. So what I would say um, is that if you're, you know, paying, a, you know, like 70 something dollars a month for unlimited with uh, with uh, Google Fi, if you're not already on the flex, I'm assuming. OK, um, if you're on the flex, let me know. But if you're not drop your Fi plan down to the flex, turn that off, like turn your phone off or take the SIM out and um, just just keep the uh, the the, the five flex plan. It's 20 bucks a month uh snatch you up all the deals you can with visible to knock your, your bill your abilities to like 25. And um I can pause my five service and use visible. I use five only when, when I travel. I didn't did they lift the limitations on that pause? Because I remember when you pause, you can only pause for four months and then they resume it. Uh let me know if they actually let you pause it indefinite. But um, I mean, I would say. You know, and, and even then, if you have a device that runs like, like dual SIM, you know, have phi on, on your, your e sim and visible as a physical as a physical SIM and just like literally um, run two lines. You can always do that. Yeah, because I'm actually thinking about returning to phi just to have an account with Fi, And I'm thinking about doing it. If I do it, it's going to be here on my Pixel 5. I have the visible SIM in my Pixel 5. So I can actually activate Google Fi on the ESIM, put it on the on the the five basics, five flex, which is twenty dollars for unlimited talking text and then ten dollars per gig. But I won't actually be using uh five data data because I'll be using visible data. And the thing about it is, is I believe they unlock the ability for 5G on both the um the eSIM and the physical SIM connections. So before, when you ran dual SIM, you lost 5G connection. I believe with the latest update that they did back in March that opened up, so now you can have 5G servers in dual SIM mode. So I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about doing that. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, if people were to ask me, would I recommend Google Fi, of course I would. let's see visible sounds like a good deal the only problem is using it um while I go to Mexico they have they have calling to Canada and Mexico now that was one of the that was one of the things so when when visible redid its um its reward structure so they brought you know they they opened up for um they opened up for for unlimited uh members in your party pay so now it goes beyond four members now you can have like a thousand members in your party pay i mean they only give you the discount up to the first four lines so the lowest you can bring your bill down to is 25 a month but um you can add more people than just three other people on your party pay because in case someone decides to pour it out you won't get that that um that dread that dreaded thirty dollar bill because somebody left your plan so they opened it up but they also did the rewards uh referral so every time you refer somebody for that active referral of a customer your bill gets dropped to only five bucks for the next month so if you get 12 referrals that's one year of service for five dollars a month um but then also they brought in canada and mexico calling um yeah. You made those calls there, uh, and I believe they're opening it up to using it there. But if not, like you said, you have FI, and FI just works. You know what I mean? You don't have to add on anything, you don't have to do any of that stuff. Um, you don't really have to worry about that type of stuff. Worry about your life, don't worry about my life. I tell this to people all the time. I don't know why people are so concerned to tell other people what they should be doing with their lives. Focus on yourselves, worry about yourself. And the rest will take care of itself. So that's all I'm gonna say. Adios. I don't dig people like that. I think people should mind their own business and do what they're gonna do with their life and stop worrying about other people. That's why that's why stuff hits the fan nowadays lately. Everybody all of a sudden just wants to tell other people what to do. Like, don't tell other people what to do, worry about yourself. I don't know. Let me know if you guys agree with me on that. I should do a full comparison about the unlimited plans, like the unlimited plans from like what from like Visible and Google Fi, because we can discuss that right now if you're really interested. The only thing that I wouldn't be that I wouldn't be able to give you a definite on is. Network connectivity, because of course that's going to vary in the city and state you live in, right? Like here in Phoenix, the density is 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 not that great. So, when using T-Mobile and using Visible, the speeds, like for instance, Steve Mobile Tech, the speeds that he gets on Visible in Cleveland is far better than what I get here in Phoenix. But of course, the density here in the city plays a big factor on it, and just how much. Uh, work they're doing to the network and the upgrading, especially with the five G build out. So that plays an impact. But so, but so far, between Fi and Visible on the unlimited plans, Visible beats out Fi. You're in San Diego. Fi works good. Yeah, I hear T-Mobile works good out there in uh, San Diego. And of course, since you know Sprint merged with T-Mobile, access to um, to band 41 on the LTE side and N41 on the 5G side is going to play a big factor in that because that's that's what Sprint was bragging about when they were talking about their network. When I used to work for Sprint at their call center in the retention department, that's all we would hear about from our Sprint liaison guys. Like Sprint is going to be better in the next year and we're we're going to take back the third position from T-Mobile and you know with with our 2.5 gigahertz signal, download speeds are going to be blazing fast. And I'm like, yeah. Well, now T-Mobile owns that. <laughs> T-Mobile has that, you know, that that 2.5 gigahertz uh, signal, uh, which is Band 41 uh, LTE side. So um, with T-Mobile, that that does help out T-Mobile to a degree. So you got Band 41, you got Band 71, and uh, also N41 and 71. Um, And several others, you know, so that's going to make, you know, FI is going to work great because FI runs on T-Mobile's network. I don't know what QCI level uh, FI has, like, say, compared to Metro. Uh, I want to say that that FI's QCI level is lower than uh, Metro's because when I was using FI here in Phoenix and I was connected to 5G in the city, my download speeds here were averaging 150 to 160 megabits per second. Uh, when I switched my service over to Metro, my speeds is like 250, 300 megabits on the down. So, uh, um, I could have a, you know, a lower QCI level and QCI level is just talking about its priority to the network. Uh, visible is offering a real limited, uh, plan five is 22 gigabytes of high speed data, which isn't bad, but isn't great. That's why visible is interesting. I don't know how long their prices will last. Um, for visible, visible is actually kicking. It's actually kicking some major butt in the MVNO world. Um, one of the things that you know my friends have tossed around in our little you know chats on like Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, we really feel that visible was Verizon's way of testing uh, Verizon's network without the without the the fallback support of three G because I don't know if you remember. Verizon was talking about shutting down its 3G service, heavily reliant on LTE. And then, of course, going forward with its 5G ultra wideband and um, visible does not fall back to 3G at all. I know this for a fact, because in places where Verizon prepaid would work because it would fall back to like 3G service connection, visible would just say no connection at all. So that's one of the downsides about visible is that when you're traveling um, through areas where visible, Verizon only has three G and no LTE. Then you won't have service in that area because it only relies on LTE and five G. Um, you know, because the fact that they don't have any physical stores, like they're not sold in Verizon stores, and there's no visible store you can go to, allows the company to really, you know, invest what they what they're gaining in their profits to bring these types of things like Party Pay and um, with the referral program, uh, which brings your, phone, your, your bill down from $40 to 25. Um, I still have my party pay. So I mean, if you do, if you ever do make the switch uh, to visible, just in um, the description, I have a referral that'll get you a discount on your first month. Also, I have a, um, I think I have a link to the Party Pay in there. If not, I'll post it in there. But you can join my Party Pay, and uh, you'll stay at twenty five. Uh, baby Yoda, what's up, man? The force is strong with you, bro. Um, but yeah, the, the the benefits of Visible is that one, it's truly unlimited, like fully unlimited. I have not been deprived on Visible, and I like used it. When I was uh, living in a different area of Phoenix, my connection to the network was really good. Like my speed was amazing, so I was actually using Visible for like home Wi-Fi since I didn't have home Wi-Fi for a while. That's what I was live streaming on. It was either Visible or it was the AT and T business line, but it was mostly Visible because Visible there's there's no there's no throttle, there's no there's no limit even on the hotspot. There's no limit. They say that you're capped at five megabits per second on the download with the hotspot. But when I have hotspot on, I've gone beyond that. Um, the download was like 15 megabits per second. So it is, they are trying to throttle it and keep it at five megabits, but it, it, it goes over. And then the the uplink was like a 10 megabits per second, which is good for streaming. The streaming will hold with that type of connection. So um That was, I think, one of the the biggest reasons why I won't give up my Visible line. Okay, So like, yeah, one of the major reasons why is that, you know, I still have $260 in credit with Visible. Uh, It looks like I'm not going to be paying a Visible bill until another year and a half just because of all the discounts I'm already getting with party pay and referrals. And then when I first got Visible, the old referral program gave you $20 credit for every referral. So I ended up getting $400 in credit from all the referrals that I've done about two almost two years ago, and I still have leftover credit from that. So basically, I'm not paying a visible line at all. That that line's been free for the longest. Uh, I didn't know. Interesting. The future of cell phone plan will all be contactless. Nothing is perfect, though. I think visible sounds good because it uses a variety of towers, which covers the country. Yeah, it does. Um, the only difference is, again, is is network access. So, like, uh, my buddy Carlos, I don't know if you follow him, Carlos S Tech. If you're not following him, check out his channel afterwards, subscribe him and Sneed. Definitely check them out. Uh, sneed mobile tech and carlos s tech and subscribe to them because they do they do talk about a lot about the network and people learn a lot of valuable information about how these nodes and stuff connect to the network and i'll tell you this like visible has um low priority on verizon network so it's qci level isn't the same as postpaid obviously but a prepaid company that they've told me that does have the same priority as verizon postpaid happens to be total wireless Total Wireless happens to have the same priority connection to, to Verizon network as Verizon postpaid customers. So it's it's a step higher than than Verizon prepaid and all the other MVNOs. Visible would be what anyone would consider to be the the last on the priority list to have that access to Verizon's network. Because, of course, Verizon is going to take care of its business accounts. It's going to take care of its postpaid consumer accounts. It will take care of its prepaid people after that, and then visible customers after that, That's if that gives any idea of how the priority level is. Um, I know the download is five five megabits per, uh, per second is into effect. Is this recently, Tito, um, that it has gone past... Yeah, it's been recent. There's been a, when I go, if I go back to where I was staying at before, I'll bring like my Pixelbook in a car with me and my Pixel 5 that has the visible sim, and I'll connect and I'll shoot the video with my, um, well, turn that light off. I'll shoot the video with my Pixel 4 to show you that um, when my Pixelbook is connected to the hotspot, I can get over five megabits at times. Yeah, it's not every single time it does that. There's some times that it will hit over. Um, so like I'll do like maybe out of five speed tests, maybe two of them have uh surpassed five megabit. But most of the time it's roughly about five, six megabits, like a theater's right there. You can see that it's trying to go higher, but it gets throttled down. But sometimes it'll just it's kind of go up to fifteen and drop, back up to fifteen and drop, back up to fifteen and drop. So it's like it happens every now and then. True. Sure, I assume it, it would be saturated. Yeah, that, that is one of the things too. Is that like because of what happened with the merger, people trying to find a carrier that provides them the best. Obviously, people know that Verizon uh, is considered uh, number one in the U.S., and so a lot of people jumped on there. So you also have to expect that too. Um, in your city, the if you have a lot of Verizon customers in your city, you're definitely going to uh, you're going to feel that you just learned it Whoa, thank you i appreciate that i appreciate that michael um thank you so much but please also you know just it, it's great knowledge to learn it from sneed and, and from carlos too as far as the network they know more about uh the network they know more about you know verizon 5g build out at&t's 5g build out like the future of the carriers They really talk a lot about it. So if you really wanted to grab a lot of information on that aspect of mobile technology, uh, please check them out. That's, That's where I learned a lot from the network side of things. I learned it from them, you know, by hanging out with them on their live streams or, you know, being guests on their live streams. Or just talking to them on Twitter, learned a lot from them, and from everybody in Steam's com- uh, community. So there's a lot of people that's involved, like Sheep Moose. I know those songs sound like weird names, but uh, th- these guys um, they know a lot about the network, and even Zero Cool, um, who's also you know uh, embedded with the uh, network engineering and stuff like that. So these guys are amazing for what they bring out there, and, and it's great information for consumers to have. Because it gives you a better footing on to understand how your service is working for you and what could be the causes of those things. Thank you so much, Yoda, for dropping their their YouTube channel things. Um, Michael, if you'd like to click those and subscribe to them and and, and check them out, man, I swear you're going to be satisfied with all the information that they provide. They're they're very good, you know, good friends of mine, um, and I've learned a lot from them. And I think if you're interested in that, definitely. Definitely a place for you to go and hang out and and gain some more knowledge, man. Because they tested, like, Carlos, he specializes in actually speed testing these things. So, like, he has uh, SIM cards for Metro, Cricket, Visible, Yahoo Mobile. What's up, Josh? Welcome. Um, Yahoo Mobile and, and any provider that we have in the U.S., Carlos has an account with them. And he goes out. He has a bunch of phones. And it ranges from like OnePlus devices to Galaxy S Ultra, you know, S21 Ultra, S Ultras and um, Pixel 5 and iPhone 12 mini, 12, 12 Pro, 12 Pro Max. He's got all kinds of phones and he has these SIM cards. Uh, he puts them in the phone that he does speed tests and he'll go to like different places. So he'll, he'll even show you apps that would allow you to see like, you know, what tower you're connected to, um, what, um, like like uh like how like like how much of a bandwidth you have from that that tower and everything like that. Definitely good people to check out Michael. I would definitely say check them out. Uh welcome June. Welcome Josh. I'll just you know advertising sneak because uh I just got a new subscriber. Michael here just subscribed subscribe to the channel and was asking questions about visible and and Google Fi and everything and um so I'm just trying to get him connected into the community so he can gain some more knowledge and everything like that because he's considering going to visible. I know everyone has uh, their opinions on it. So I figured, you know, by following Snead and Carlos, watching some of their videos, joining their live streams and everything, he'll get a better footing uh, as to what would be the best for him to do. uh, Where he'll get great connectivity speeds, great cellular connectivity, and not break his wallet. So that's the way to go. Jay, did your live stream ever end from yesterday, bro? (laughs) I swear Gene, i was cracking up i did not know so that makes me worry about haps now as a live streaming source because gene joined in on carlos's live stream just as a guest but it linked carlos's live stream on haps to gene's youtube channel so i wonder what how that happened because even after you left uh, carlos's live stream yesterday on haps the live stream was still connected to your YouTube channel. Was still going on. I mean, I could still go on the live stream on YouTube on yours and it would comment. And it would appear in Carlos's live stream. That was crazy. Yes, it did. Oh, oh man, that was crazy. Hopefully Haps fixes that. They definitely do. I mean, I, I hear Carlos's point of view about Twitter live. You know, he says it drains your battery and stuff like that. I'm, not sure about that because I've done Twitter live for my Pixel 5 and I think, um, you know, for like a long stream, if I was like to start like a long live stream on Twitter, like say like a 95%, it'd probably be down to maybe about 72, 70%, 70%. I think like in like half an hour or an hour. Oh, well, let's see here. I came from at and I and I will, I will never... Going back after paying two hundred and forty-five dollars for twenty-four months, I bought my twelve Pro with with Apple Care. I just paid it off. That's why I um, I have good credit. Awesome, awesome. But even AT and T is not that bad. If if you liked AT and T but you found it to be pretty expensive, when you go to Carlos's channel, you subscribe to him and you start connecting with the community. Talk to Carlos about Los Mobile. I know it sounds weird. Uh, but Carlos is actually starting his own MVNO. It's powered by at t service, but a different service. So while it is AT&T, it's not consumer-based. It's under a a, um, a plan that he worked out with at and themselves. So it's unlimited data, uh, no cap, I believe, uh, but confirm that with him because he has a video on his channel that talks about what he's giving. And um, the hotspot is unlimited, so there's not like a 100-gigabyte limit on the hotspot the hotspot is unlimited. Uh he just recently did a video talking more about it on his channel. He did show us that somebody used like 450 gigs I think of hotspot already. So that confirms that it goes beyond that. Cricket sounds good. Um had it back in the day. I had it back like 4 years ago. Yeah, Cricket sounds pretty good. Um my brother, my uh older brother Ruben, he has Cricket. He's been with them for like ooh I want to say seven years now, just about. Uh, He came here in 2012. No, he's had it for uh, nine years. He's had cricket for nine years because he he got Metro first in 2012, and in that same year, he wanted a different phone, so he ended up porting his number from Metro to Cricket, and he's been on Cricket ever since. So about nine years now um, that uh, he's had Cricket, and he loves it. Um, yeah, there's people that's like Cricket caps at eight megabits per second on the download, but that's only if you're on the fifty dollar plan. If you go to sixty dollar plan, it's uncapped. My brother doesn't; he, he's not capped at all. He's on the sixty plan. Hundred gigs is more than enough. Uh, yeah, it depends on what you what you do. Um, I actually realized that I'm a data hog. In, in, in the in the time where I was kind of going through my transition and moving and stuff like that, being in a place that I didn't have home Wi-Fi. I realized it's about how much data I use because Carlos was like, yo, you know, you got a line for me. Use the the AT&T hotspot on your phone line. And so I was using it on my iPhone XS and I was like, you know, I was doing live broadcasts like this, using that uh, hotspot. I was watching on Netflix. I was watching on HBO Max. And um, in 28 days, I used 100 gigs (laughs) of the hotspot. But it's no longer capped at 100 gigs anymore. Like he worked out some sort of deal with uh, at&t i'm not going to try to give too much because i don't know the specifics he does but just check out his video on his channel you'll definitely get the, the word up on it and if you are interested reach out to him and talk to him about it and he'll let you know like all the, the insights and everything like that uh bobby warren thanks for coming in hi tito i have verizon what carrier is good oh what carrier is good for me i want to stay away from verizon why do you want to stay away from verizon is it really that horrible um, I would suggest, first of all, I would suggest, like, if you know people in your town that have, like, different providers, like, someone has T-Mobile, someone has AT&T, um, ask them how their experience has been with either, you know, with T-Mobile or AT&T. And also, if they're willing to, um, ask them to download, like, a, like, NPerf. So I'll put it in the chat here, the name of the app. But have them download uh, NPerf. That's the name of the app. And have them run a speed test and check the speeds for yourself it'll test the uplink the downlink it'll test um, uh, the ping so you'll have that idea and you'll kind of know um, what to like, what to kind of expect. Also um, have them download the uh, fast app or you know the fast.net I think it is the one from Netflix and you can test to see like what the uh, what the uh, actual like speed would be if you were streaming I think I have it on this phone. Yeah, so it looks like that fast. Of course, I'm on my home Wi-Fi. So if anyone's like, holy crap, 160 megabits per second, like, yeah, I'm, I'm on my home Wi-Fi. Uh, if you guys want to see what the uplink looks like, I mean, uh, it's not that great. <laughs> 14 megabits per second, so it sets. 12 megabits, 10, so it's dropping 9.3. Uh the latency is twelve milliseconds, uh, unloaded, and loaded is twenty-five milliseconds. So it says like one hundred and fifty down, twenty on the up. But yeah, that is uh that's how you can test like what the video streaming capabilities will be like. it's uh too much money for you well i mean this is through his mvno so he's actually created an mvno a mobile virtual network operator so uh his his pricing per line is different that's what i'm saying like you don't have to go with it i'm not saying you have to go check it out but if you are interested never hurts to ask to get clarification on it you know just helping the dude out like he's starting his own mvno business uh he's decided to go with at&t as, as the network foundation to back uh his company so i'm using it right now currently um and it, it's, it's pretty good but yeah just check it out if not you know if you're making the switch to Visible, i have a party pay but party pays are easy to find but yeah you could definitely join my party pay if you want to you can use my referral link to get you a discount on your first month um all that will be i'll put that in the description later check back later and um I'll have that in the description. You can use it if you're gonna switch over to uh, visible. If you're going, it's better to go to visible. Um, xNA on, on Yahoo Mobile. Yahoo Mobile is just visible, but without those discounts. So that's what's crazy. I still have, I never activated it. I still have the uh, the uh, Yahoo, Yahoo Mobile. <laughs> I still have the SIM card. I never, if I pop the SIM in a in phone, and try to activate, it will charge me thirty nine ninety nine. I don't wanna pay for that. The best home internet is Xfinity. I have Spectrum internet and cable. I heard a lot about Spectrum Mobile. You can always give, with these companies, you can always give them a shot. You can always try them out, but doesn't Spectrum use Verizon? If so I'm not mistaken, I think it does. Not sure. I think it does. The Spectrum is yeah. yeah they do. Ah. So I mean if you're gonna go on your Mobile, you're gonna be using Verizon anyways. Uh, so it's too much money for you. Money's an issue. Okay. Um oh, no, I'll talk to Carl when I see him. I don't know, because Carlos, Carl's be finding all kinds of freaking deals and stuff to set up to like get extreme savings on Verizon Postpaid. I don't know how the hell he does it, so I'll, I'll talk to him about it, and I'll get back to you on it, Bobby. I'll let you know. If you guys still use Hangouts, you guys can always direct message me. Just use my email to find me. My email's in the description. I'll also put it in the chat, too. You guys can always hit me up on, um, on Google Hangouts. I still use it. Even though I know Google Hangouts is going to go away, I still have it on my phone right there. Hangouts. Still use it. It's bare bones now since they took a lot of things out of it. Um, so even when you try to launch like a video call, it tries to, like, it'll try to do the video call in Google Meets. Um, but yeah, it's very stripped down eventually hangouts will disappear and google chat will be the app to replace it i mean it, google chat is available now to download but um hangouts is still there so i still use hangouts just you know for nostalgic reasons i'll use hangouts till it rides off into the sunset like every other google service that got killed but if you guys ever want to reach out to me and like my like personal dm me you have to do that there unless you guys follow me on twitter you guys are more than welcome to pers- uh, to send me a dm on twitter uh, sometimes I don't answer right away just because, you know, I'm always busy, like I'm busy with my kids, either helping them with their homework, or maybe we're playing, like we're playing puzzles, or they're trying to teach me how to play Fortnite and stuff like that, which I'm I'm totally horrible at. Um, but I will, I will get back to you. This will be to them tomorrow. Nice. Um, I'll be going live again tomorrow too, so, um when you switch to them, let me know how everything is working out for you. Like I said, um, you won't experience a drastic difference from Verizon postpaid, maybe a smidge, but that's again, that all goes back to priority access to the network. And of course, MVNOs and uh prepaid are going to have a lower priority to postpaid, but it's not horrible. I mean, Hey, I'm happy with visible and this has the lowest priority connection to Verizon's network. And I'm happy with it. So, and I live in a city where the density is bad. <laughs> so eventually, hopefully, that will change in the future. I hope they can port over my number. Well, if you're going from Verizon uh, to Spectrum, they should be able to. I would. I don't know if they classify as a port, because I know when I work with Sprint and somebody from Boost Mobile, which is an MVNO for, uh, on Sprint's network, uh, when they wanted to move their number over to a Sprint postpaid account, we they, they called it a migration rather than a port. So there wasn't like a thing that you had to go do this porting process. I mean, you would still have to get the same information, account number, pin number to verify who you are and everything. But the actual action itself doesn't require the porting team to take the number over because it's still within the Verizon pool. They're just going to migrate it from it being a, if it's a postpaid number to being a, an MVO number on Spectrum. So you should be able to keep the same number. That was one of the things, too, about porting. I talked about it before in a, in a past live stream about how the, uh, why, why, are there, why are there issues when people try to port their number over? And I try to give people some scenarios that will help them kind of stay a, ahead of each of the carriers. Because each of the carriers tend to pull their dirty little tricks to make a port fail. Why do they try to make a port fail? I don't know why. I mean, I know why for the company that you're leaving, why they would make your port fails because they don't want the port to impact them as they lost you as a customer. So they they BS people and they flip the digits on the account number around. Um, but for the company you're porting to, sometimes they get a higher commission if it's an activation of a whole new number versus reporting in a number. Uh, sometimes they get a bonus for porting in a number so i don't know why a new company would make porting a problem but i, I gave scenarios as to what how, how to help you find out what's going on with your port if your port failed um but i know metro tried to pull that with me uh, jose actually told me that he was able to port a visible number over to metro by t-mobile and when i try to do that here they try to tell me that the number on my visible line was not recognizable on one of my visible lines That multiple. And uh, yeah, I just uh, said screw it and got a new number with Metro. But um, yeah, if you you guys haven't, uh, maybe I'll link it in the comments a little bit later after the live stream ends. uh, Which I am actually going to end it right now. I've been on for about an hour and a half, uh, so let me do my closing spiel here, and then I need to. Oh man, I'm probably gonna have to go to the hospital later because this uh, head, this um, it's like a like a like head rush lightheadedness that I'm going through it's it's now starting to become like I'm dizzy like I was dizzy yesterday I feel lightheaded today and I'm feeling dizzy again and like it's just so weird I don't know what the hell's wrong with me um, I'm not actually surprised I made it this long. Initially, I was only on a live stream for half an hour So I stayed on an additional hour <laughs> to what I was shooting for for today's goal But anyways, if you guys enjoyed today's live stream uh, hit uh, smash the like button I know it doesn't show you how many likes and dislikes it has but you can still smash the like button and It helps circulate these live streams for more people to find them uh, Thank you again to Michael for becoming a new subscriber. Shout out to you. Thank you for joining um, also uh, I do members only live streams and if you guys want to get down with that just become a member of the channel you can choose any of the tiers that give access to those live streams those live streams stay specifically for members only so I will never make them public for anybody to watch because they are solely for the for the for the members um, like I said check out uh, sleep mobile tech and Carlos Aztec if you want to get more down with network and learn more about network connectivity and how the carriers Uh, run the business and stuff like that so you have a better footing knowledge is power so even if you feel like you don't need to know it it's probably something that you should know just to kind of help you as a consumer because that's what we're here to do is to help the consumers um and yeah follow me on my social platforms uh like i said i dropped my my email address if you want to hit me up on hangouts that's the way to do it you can hit me up on hangouts or dm me on twitter and i respond back Um, I'll see you guys tomorrow, man. I'm not feeling all that well. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you guys very much. Be safe, be cool. And, um, yeah. See you later. Peace.